0: We thank you, Lord, that you've given us these opportunities to come together and, and even commanded it so. And because it's so important for us to obey you in all things, regardless of the um, circumstances, we can still obey you. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Speak to us today, Lord, as you always do. Give us uh, ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to consider your word in Jesus' name. Amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're still talking about the prophet's reward, but we're going to focus on what it means to receive the prophet. Amen. In Matthew ten forty one, Jesus in verse 40, he said, He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. So you see there's a chain of authority here. In receiving people, he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And so Jesus wants us to know that there is a reward for our behavior, especially in honoring certain things that relate to his kingdom uh when he sends prophets to us it's to do us good. Uh and and he says when you receive them in my name, it's to do you good as I would do you good. And many times we're tested on how we uh we view I guess God's instructions, how we relate to people, um, all of these things we're kind of being tested still in a way and whether or not we know how to receive uh, prophets as servants of God and righteous people as servants of God and blessings of God. And so um, it, it's just real important to understand that God has ways of helping us that we can't dictate. So we have to rely on God to move sovereignly to send the help that we need and the help that he wants to send the way he wants to send it. Uh, i i remember uh somebody uh um you know preachers older preachers they'll they'll say little things but I, some things you take to heart because it kind of makes sense to you and it, uh, this older preacher was saying he was preaching he said he said i know some of y'all think uh you don't want to let respect man giving you a message he said you said well if God wants me to know let him come down here myself baby you don't want God coming down here (laughs) you know that's why he got service so he don't have to come you don't want that (laughs) you just don't know what you're asking for and so I always remember that to humble yourself to people and learn how to recognize who it is that labors among you amen when I say laborers, I mean we're to recognize people for their work, their servanthood toward God. You got me? And so when the Bible says to recognize, it doesn't say recognize everybody around you, but he says the laborers are especially um, uh, uh, equipped by God to perform duties for him and to keep the kingdom business going. So they had kind of have a special distinction, and we should be able to distinguish these people, uh, not so much based on reputation and, and whether they're on TV or they're a big name, but do you understand the labor that they do for God? And are they laborers? Are they producing fruit? And so it, it's just one of those things where you have to have a little bit keener discernment to understand who it is that God is speaking of and, and to to honor those people who are laboring. There's somebody down here working for God all the time. And those people uh because of the work that God's given them to do are are um, worthy of a special honor or a special recognition in our eyes. Uh you don't want to get in the habit of just casually looking at people Based on the flesh and what you think about what they're doing, but you have to examine fruit and understand who's laboring for God. I mean, who's really down here doing work for God? And so, and you you can ask God, and He'll show you who true servants are you God is this person what is what is I don't understand their ministry I don't understand what they're doing and why they do things like that are they really working for you and God will show you he'll be happy to reveal his laborers to you and so it's just good to understand that that those who are laboring God has sent them and God has afforded them grace to accomplish what they're down here to do and he is not in favor of people interfering with their mission and and their ministry and what they're called to do. And so this is why God will will separate out those who support and encourage His prophets and, and reward them because they're 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 aiding the work of the ministry, the in advance of the kingdom, and they're not interfering as so often people can do. You know what I'm saying? So. I thought I would start with, with the earliest prophet that I know we, there's some we, we know about by reputation as, uh, um, uh, as prophets or people who spoke for God. Uh, but the one that I see distinguished as a prophet first, I think is Abraham. Uh, we all know Noah was a prophet. We all know prophets have been since the beginning of time amen the bible says that and so the ones that i can find that have uh, bible validation i thought i would speak of i'm not going to talk about all of them i just singled out some and at the beginning we see where abraham is distinguished as a prophet of god and that's in genesis chapter 20 and we'll get an understanding what it means to receive the prophet is what God's talking about here. Genesis chapter 20. And um, this is really the story of Abraham and Abimelech. Abimelech is a, uh, let me think, he, I know he's a king. I'm trying to think where he's at. Uh Gerar, I think. Gerar, Gerar. Uh, Abraham and Sarah are on the road again. And you know when they're on the road, they split up and become this other couple, (laughs) brother and sister. And so um, he, he, this king of Gerar, Abimelech, liked Sarah, and Abraham found this out as he traveled with her, and he was afraid for his life. He didn't know God as his protector, amen? Even though God explained this to him, you ever forget something, a benefit of God you have and start acting the same old way, uh, then you'll understand this. Amen. And so Abraham would, would get there and, and uh, he just didn't know how to trust God with this aspect of his life. And he figured this sister act was was helping him, you know, but after a while, God calls us to fall more in line with his word. And get an identity that he has for us and start walking in that identity. And so there comes a time when the the childish things got to be put away. Amen. And we got to grow up and start trusting God. You know, it, it might be hard a little bit to step on a limb and say, okay, this is my wife. And then watch your back to make sure nobody kills you to take her. You know what I'm saying? So Abraham gets scared every time he goes on the road. He gets scared and has to play this game. So Abimelech takes Sarah in. And then God, in verse 3, came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, he said, Behold, you are but a dead man. Amen? (laughs) So it's like, well, what did I do? And so he said, "You have taken she is another man's wife." And Abimelech had not come near her, but God warned him already, and said, Don't even think about it." And so he said he said, uh, Abimelech had not come near. He said, "Lord, will you slay a righteous nation?" In other words, Abraham happened on a a, a nation that had some respect from God. Now, this is coming from the mouth of the ruler of that nation. Amen? In other words, he's saying, I'm not going to sleep with another man's wife. We got some morals around here. See, we we live righteously. We stay with our own wife. I might have a couple of girlfriends back here somewhere, but you know now, case of emergency. I just didn't delete their names out my phone Yeah, I ain't got around to it. Whatever, whatever. But he he pleads innocency before the Lord. Amen. And and God said to him in a dream, he said, yeah, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. Amen. In other words, your heart was pure in this. Abraham's the culprit. Amen. He says, for I also held you from sinning against me. Amen. Therefore, I didn't let you touch her. In other words, there's this woman here who's real cute, but he don't feel like messing around with her. That's God. Amen. See, there's sometimes, we, we think everything's the devil. You know? And, and, you know, oh, he's got something wrong with me. He's got to be the devil. Sometimes it's God. He's more powerful than the devil any day. Amen. He says, he says, if you don't restore her, know that you will surely die, you and everybody that belongs to you. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. I would say he probably didn't sleep. He just got about the bed. You know, as soon as daybreak came, he jumped up out that bed and told all these things to his servants. Amen. And the men were very afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and asked him, what have you done to us and how have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? He said, you have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. In other words, you've lied to me, Abraham. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you, what did you see that you have done this thing? Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God was not in this place. Amen. That's what he gets for looking by sight everywhere he goes. See, sight will get you in trouble. You know, when you keep sojourning and moving and God's given you a land already, you know, now Abraham had to move because he was on his way to another place. But every time you get on the road, you got to play this game. I mean, can't you trust God sometime? So this becomes the final straw that God is going to put an end to this and get Abraham to understand how to conduct himself and how to live upright before him. And so Abraham said, I thought y'all didn't know nothing about God and that you were going to slay me for my wife's sake. And yet indeed, she is my sister. Because let me tell you, now see, I, I lied, but I didn't lie. What I'm saying? So, you know, repentance is not in him right now. You see what I'm saying? And it says, And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, Do me this favor. You know, let's split up. Amen. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen, manservants, and all those things, and restored him, Sarah, to his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. In other words, I'll give you anything that you want. Amen. What else do you need? And to Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to you a covering of the eyes and to all that are with you and with all the other. Thus she was reproved. So in other words, what he's saying is, I've restored him to his rightful place as your husband and the leader over all of this household. Amen. And so he says, the Lord had fast. And so Abraham uh, oh, he said, "Behold, I've given your brother all this stuff, and he is a covering for your eyes, etc., etc." So Abraham prayed to God, as and God healed Abimelech his wife and his maid servants, and and they all bore children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech. Now in verse seven. When God said, restore the man, his wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. In other words, if you make things right, you will be spared. Because this man is not just some sojourner here and some liar, but he is a prophet in my house. Amen? Don't judge him. Just receive him. Okay? And see, this is where sometimes we make our error, is we are constantly wanting to judge people before listening to hear what God says about them. And so when you receive a prophet, that means you receive them based on the fact that God has either identified them as such or they identify themselves as such. Amen? When you receive them in that way, that acquits you of any guilt as far as prejudging, misjudging, or anything like that. Just, just accept what they say. Amen? And, and then let God prove it out to you. Amen? And so when God said Abraham is going to pray for you, when he prayed, then Abimelech, he was, his prayer was answered. God heard Abraham's prayer on behalf of Abimelech. He restored fertility to their household, so that validated that he was a prophet of God. Amen? So you may have to observe a person for a season before you'll get evidence or validation that they are a prophet of God. Amen? You just can't do it based on what you see and what you think you see. Or first opinion or first blush or, or whatever, whatever goes through your mind. Because the enemy can always trick us into uh, falsely judging people or misjudging them. So this way, Abimelech had to wait at least nine months before he could judge to see if Abraham was truly a prophet of God, right? Because he stored restored fertility to him and everybody who was close to him, his family, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And so like I said, you might have to just put your judgment on the shelf until you have a chance to observe by the Spirit if this person is of God or not. Because many times your opinion of people can be wrong based on their appearance uh, based on the way they speak uh uh you know whether you think they know enough scripture or uh, do you know any prophecies that they've given, whether they do or don't come to pass, all that stuff can kind of taint what you think, but it's good to receive. Uh, people, like I'll have people that want to come up to me and give me a word and I'll just politely for a minute listen to what they have to say and I'll say thank you and keep moving. Usually I put myself in a position where they're kind of fearful about, you, you know what I'm saying, I mean, you can just ask God to protect you and put that armor up and they get scared, you know. They they don't have a mind to want to say much to you, Um That's what I do. I don't know what y'all do, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, who wants to sit there and sift through all crazy people's crazy words, you know? And, and you know, people ought to understand some protocol. Like, I I can approach other ministers because I'm fivefold and I stand in the office, but I'll only do it if God tells me, you go to them and you tell them. You understand what I'm saying? And then I'll ask them, I said, you know, I believe God wants me to tell you something. They say, oh, yeah, you know, I want to hear it, you know, that kind of stuff. But as far as lay people going up to five folds, you don't do that. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there are some rare exceptions. You got me? But as a believer, authority works from up to down. It doesn't up that way. Now there may be some exceptions. There are some people who, who are accomplished in the believer's ministry. That, you know, if, if somebody is really in need of ministry or something like that, God may lead them, but you still have to have that per person's permission you don't force yourself on people like god told me and you better submit that don't do that that's never god you understand you know even for people like if i'm your your pastor here as well you know i don't just force y'all to listen to me i wish i could sometimes Save you a lot of trouble sometimes you but you know I don't even want that you know i'm I'm willing to let God explain things to you, and then you you make your decision, you know you want to listen to God, fine, you don't that's you know between you and the Lord, but this business of of starting in the spirit and then delivering it in the flesh, you know what I'm saying, that's just wrong, you don't have to do all that, and you don't have to get angry at people that they don't receive what you have to say. You got me just. Let it let it go and let God have his word back and keep it moving. Amen. Save yourself some trouble. So Abraham gets validated as a prophet because his prayer came to pass. Amen. And so we're able to see that. We saw in the past he interceded on behalf of people before God, but we don't see him stepping out doing ministry like this until now and so you'll see that when with god in advance of this situation here god had elevated abraham in a sense when he changed his name it's not abram anymore but it's abraham that means exalted now above where he was before and so part of that being exalted is for him to stand as a prophet before god and able to minister to people amen at god's command and so when when uh, abimelech received that prayer he humbled himself he restored to abraham he made restitution for the offense of taking his wife even though he did it through deception See, it's good to be willing to do what God tells you to do for people rather than argue, well it wasn't my fault. You could stand there and argue that all day long. You ask some people on death row how powerful that little argument is. You understand what I'm saying? It's a very weak argument. You know, you don't even have to try and figure that out. Everybody on death row is innocent. pretty much you know what I'm saying it's everybody wants to be absolved of guilt instead of you know showing remorse so that they can legitimately be forgiven you know I mean it, it, with us until we show remorse for our sins they remain on our soul as long as you argue and you didn't do it and you and blaming somebody else that sin remains on your soul you You won't get it off. It's like sticky glue. You can't pry it off by carnal means or reasoning. You know, God says, come let us reason together. When you make excuses, you're reasoning by yourself. You won't get anywhere. You won't even, you ain't even in the courtroom. You understand? not of heaven you get there by virtue of the blood you know you the the blood has to be applied to your situation before you can get a hearing before god you understand what i'm saying and each new situation requires a new repentance you go to sit up there and let some stuff slide because you say to yourself you didn't mean it huh hey you gotta confess that to god you to let him know you didn't mean it amen i remember i was thinking about that one day and i remember i said lord i said i don't want to get re- behind in my confessions to you you know and, and you know i mean seriously there's too much at stake for us to play the blood cheap like that but i remember and he brought to my remembrance uh the testimony of this woman we heard her testimony at uh um uh Robert's one of Roberts Lairdon's uh meetings, conferences, well we're in Lansing. And that lady had uh um, she had done a lot for her church and um, they wouldn't let her preach. She said she knew she was called to preach, but they wouldn't recognize her and she had done all this stuff. She said the church had burned down and she kept the library in her home uh while they were rebuilding. She said, I read every book. In the church library, she thought she was doing all the right things to qualify and they still refused to ordain her. Well, over the years, she got very bitter and she came down with terminal cancer and she was so sick. She died in the hospital and she said that God took her to God. She stood before God's throne. She said and Jesus stood. Between between her and Jesus, she said there was a big sifter. And she said all her works that she had done all her life fell into the sifter. And she said she looked in the bottom. There was only one left, and that was a little orphan boy over in a foreign country she had adopted. Everything else was nothing to him. And she looked in there and she said, Lord, is that all I have? And he said, i told you when you do it to the least of them, you have done it unto me. And she had done nothing else but argue and strive. And you understand what I'm saying? And so she said, Lord, if you would please let me come back. I'll do whatever you say. I want to work for you. I don't want to leave this earth knowing that's all I've ever done for you. And so <clears throat> she said she came back into her body and she said the nurses were prepping her for the morgue and she when she came back she like that and she said it startled them you know because she'd been gone for a little bit i mean when by the time the night shift gets around to you you at least rigor mortis it's a joke it's an old you know what i'm talking about miss pat right they get out of the bed with that flashlight and go looking for people. You know what I'm saying? You might have been cold for three hours by, by the time the night shift catch up with you. No offense to these, you nurses. I was a night shift nurse myself for a hot minute, so I didn't last very long. They weren't. They didn't understand my call. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> oh, me. Anywho. But she said it startled them. And she said, from that moment forward, God took her on a journey of forgiving people. He said that she was in Michigan. I think she was in a hospital in Ann Arbor, something like that. And uh, God told her he was going to send her to this woman that was a prophetess and an intercessor. She lived on a farm somewhere in Michigan. And she said she found where this woman was and, and got there. And she said that she hadn't eaten in months. And she said that this woman told her, she said, well, God told me what to feed you. And she said, this woman fasted and prayed the whole time she was there. This woman didn't eat anything. She said, the cows didn't eat. The chickens didn't eat. None of her animals ate the whole time she was there. And she said the first time she had something to eat was a glass of raw milk. And she said, I didn't think I could even keep that down. She said, but after I drank it, she said, it was like it washed me on the inside. She said, and I began to get stronger. She said, and the night came where God told me I had to forgive everybody that I had something against. And she said, uh, she said, well, Lord, I forgive them. And he said, oh, no, you hate them one by one. You forgive them one by one. And the Holy Spirit brought to her remembrance each person. And she said, while she was forgiving people, that woman that she stayed with was praying. She said she could hear this woman crying out to God and interceding for her. See, that's for people who think this is a light thing. You understand what I'm saying? Some of your sins are light. You know, that ain't no big deal. Don't go there, okay? Don't go there. Go to God. You need to find out what he thinks about these things so that we can get fully forgiven. Amen? Especially when you've been grudge holding. There's some people that, you know, I know there have been people in my life It was like, man, I still don't feel good about. You understand what I'm saying? It's easy to do. And so you you have to really get serious about getting free from all these entanglements so so that you can freely receive from God again. But anyway, this woman got free. She was healed, she eventually left the farm, and became a missionary. And she was like an older woman when she died, she was an elderly lady when she gave the testimony, and she said she'd been to something like over 60 nations or something, And it was just like in a 10 or 15 year period that she got to serve God, but she, man, she went out with a bang. You hear me? He allowed her to make up for all of that bitterness, unforgiveness, you know, all that stuff and religion. Oh, Lord have mercy. So he, he allowed her, his mercy allowed her to have a second chance at that. And it's just, that's always my main, uh, uh, scripture or story or, um, testimony, about forgiveness you understand why and how important it is and how god looks at it amen don't let anything stand don't try to be justified in your wrong and in your grudge holding you know it's never justified and so so anyway so abimelech made restitution amen there's restitution sometimes can take the form of just calling somebody and thanking them and seeing how they're doing. And if God opens a door for you to bring that up, but pretty much the past is under the blood. You understand what I'm saying? Or, or if people refuse to say anything to you, you know what I'm saying? You just have to make every attempt to live peaceably among all people amen and peace means that there's no animosity or strife between the two of you amen so good all right so that's abraham so abraham was was elevated to god's man not abram but abraham god's man and so as a prophet of god he was able to conduct his life in a a special way that that there was now special protection around him, Not there wasn't that there wasn't before, because he was a righteous man. But uh, this is something that puts him into that category of God's uh, servants, and so uh, it it takes on his life takes on a whole different dimension. So he's able to uh, now have a son. Now have all the prophecies promises of God fulfilled and have ministry to do before God as well. So, so he gets everything that, that God has for him. So in this case, the prophet's reward is intercession. Amen. So the prophet's reward is his prayer over your life. That's your reward. Amen. When you receive them as a prophet, your reward is their intercession over your life? Amen. And so, and don't count that as, well, I can pray too. Oh, I'm sure you can. And you better. Amen. But it's different. Different. Because God sees them as standing in an office of responsibility over the body of Christ. Amen. And so this, and it comes from an authority in God that the everyday lay person just does not have a prophet's uh uh gifting includes in it revelation gifts where there may be some hidden things in the situation that you want prayer for that god can more easily reveal to them not that he couldn't reveal it to you you know we need to get this competitive thing off of us and you know, it's like, well, God, I thank you that this per- person can, can receive the answer, you know, easily. Like it's saving me months and years of trying to, to figure out what's wrong. And, and they can, can, in a prayer, receive a, a gift of the spirit, you know, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or, or a, uh, uh, a prophetic word, an utterance, a vision that you show them or a dream you reveal things to them in, you know, thank God for that. That's a help to you. You can eat your hamburger and go to sleep and the poor prophets probably over there trying not to eat anything so they can get prepared to minister to you. Understand what? Not that I don't get my goodies. As you can tell, you understand what I'm saying? But, uh, you you know, it's just something that that as servants of God, prophets are accustomed to not calling the shots in their life. May I have cue the Evita music? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Thank you. You know, people look at, sometimes they look at your life and they say, mm, I don't want to live like, uh, to live. well, that's cool because you, you don't have to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm doing this. You know, Me and God, we, do, we got this. Amen. He got me. He got me. And it's just something that, you know, if you're really called of God, you get used to it. It seems normal to me. You know, to live like that. It really does. It just, you know, like if if I know somebody's stumped and they need something, I'll gladly pray for them. Amen. Like Samuel says, I wouldn't dare offend the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. We got people on our prayer list. We prayed for them forever. Don't bother me to keep them on there. You know, sometimes you might wonder how they're doing or if they're doing. But I know as long as we pray, they're going to be doing fine. You know what I'm saying? So you, you just feel that way. And so, and I know some of you do too, because you're under that anointing. You're going to pick up that and, and, and live with that. And so it's, and if you don't, you just ain't paying attention. I'll, you know, I understand people like that. But anyway, we'll move on. But the, the prophet's prayer then becomes your reward that you can go to that person and receive God's wisdom, revelation, knowledge, Help, authority, anointing, power—whatever it is that you need, Amen. So it—it's—it's it's not. Um, I mean, I would say don't play it cheap because there are many things that the prophet does that other believers can do. It's the same with every gift, but you've got to hold that in some kind of high esteem. You know what I'm saying? To to properly receive them now when we talk about receiving the prophet we mean receiving them as a person and also as a servant of God. So there's a twofold receiving that you do amen. Uh, you receive them as a normal human being amen and and what that means is that they have normal needs you know food, water, shelter, all of the above, um, and and sometimes God may move on you to do some things you think are unnecessary or unique or unusual toward His servants, and so we have to go to God and say, "Well, God, I thought you told me to give ten thousand dollars to Pastor Barb." Oh my goodness, you've you've heard from him, you've heard from him, you've heard from him. No, you know what I'm saying. Sometimes we look at people and we think, "Ah, eh, they don't need." You know what I'm saying. You just, you, and so it, it's, it's good to, to try. And, and if it's, if it's, if you made the wrong move, you know, then you can correct yourself or something like that. But, but sometimes it's hard to receive that people have normal needs. I mean, you know, normal <laughs> wants and, and normal things that, that go on in their lives, you know. Um, and so you know, each you know, prophet might call you and say, "Hey, can you come over here and help me out with this? I got to move something around in my bedroom. You got some extra time for me over here? You understand what I'm saying?" And and I would say, do those things if you can manage the time, do them because you'll be rewarded for it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that way. And see, what might happen is that you'll have a a dire need, and then. God will move on that prophet or prophetess to come bail you out of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And, and help you and, and begin to get you on the right road and right track and certain things. And so uh, it's good to have the prophet's oversight. True prophets don't stay in your grill all the time. You understand what? They don't dip in your business. You know, we I'd rather lay on my couch and look through my toes at the whatever i'm looking at you understand what i'm saying like deborah you know deborah laid on her hammock i said oh that's my kind of life you know (laughs) which meant she wasn't an ostentatious person just a normal woman trying to get some rest in between people coming to her with problems amen and so you know and she was kind of a laid-back casual kind of person you know she wasn't wrapped up in a mantle and you know, trying to be all official looking, you know. So, I mean, it, it just shows you how, how people are normal, but that office is real. So don't judge people by their normal. You know, don't judge the office by the normal person. Judge the office by the office, and whether there's fruit of the office, that comes through. Now, uh, Brother Hagen gave a definition of the prophet, and, and he referred to that definition as a fivefold minister who has one or more consistent manifestations, two or more consistent manifestations of one of the revelation gifts of the Spirit. Revelation gifts being word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits amen discerning of spirits does not always mean we get a vision of a demon every time god reveals discerning sometimes you just feel a heaviness or um, an irritation in your spirit in certain situations and then the prophet will seek god as to what that is that they're discerning amen and how to address it sometimes you address it directly and sometimes you just know that it's there, and you just bind it in the name of Jesus, and, and so it doesn't interfere with what you're doing. Amen? And so this happens many times. We do it when we pray. You all do it every time you pray through that prayer manual. You've discerned that there's something wrong in the school system. And so you set about righting that wrong. You don't just shrug your shoulders and complain about it. You know, watchmen don't do that. You know there's a way to do something about everything that's <laughs> not right down here. And God's not going to get up off his throne to do it. He's, that's why we're here. Amen? It, it was so, it's kind of interesting to me. Years ago, <laughs> remember Archbishop Bensonita Hosa? any <laughs> remember him. He would sit up on a podium and look around and you get scared. I said, oh Lord, I said, <laughs> He just like, he just had that look about him sometimes. I said, oh Lord, I said, be nice to him. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, he said that, that what he was, before all these other Nigerian ministers, he blazed the trail. He was the first to, because there was, it was like, Ninety-nine percent Muslim. When he first took over there and began preaching, he would get laughed at when he would go and preach the gospel because the people, that whole nation, was against him. Now they've got pockets of light in that very dark nation because of Islam making it dark. But uh, but he said that as as uh, his his authority was growing in that nation, uh, they would always ask him, you know, they being the government or news people or somebody who wanted to know what God had to say about things, would come to him and ask him what God was speaking to him. And he said that there was a group of people, witches, that wanted to have their convention in the capital city. And uh, he went to God about it. And uh, God told him, he said, He said, God, what are you going to do about this? And he told Edahosa, he said, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And so he said, did not I tell you I've given you authority over all the works of darkness? And so uh, Edahosa prayed, and he went on a a program. This this head witch witch wanted to debate him, and he confronted him, debated him, and, and he sat there. He didn't really debate much when it was turned over to him. The uh, the uh, he told the witch. He said, "The Lord is telling me that you're going to die right now if you don't recant what you said and cancel this conference." And the man went to open his mouth and rebut him. He said, "I'm not a witch, and I'm canceling the conference." (laughs) And got out of there as fast as he could. You understand what I'm saying? and And the man had been spouting off, you know he said, "I'm going to have this conference, and God himself is not going to stop me That's what he told Edahosa. and Idahosa told him, he said, "No, you're right, God's not going to come down here. He said he sent me to do that. You know you understand what I'm saying, and so when you know your authority, you know your authority, but he said that the 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 conference was cancelled, but he said that later one of the officials in the the government wrote to him and said we found a law on the books here in nigeria that forbids witches to gather and to have you know co- covens of witches to gather in the city he said so it was illegal for them you understand what i'm saying it is definitely illegal now cuz god's in control See, that had to be done because if God didn't want it done that way, he'd have let the government officials find that first, see, and cancel it themselves. And so we sometimes have to step up and do things that seem risky to us or unpopular for us, but but apostles and prophets have an anointing to be able to just confront. You understand what I'm saying? That fearless thing of God that comes on them, that they need to plow through darkness and wickedness you don't want to be nice to devils cuz they ain't nice to you and you don't want to compromise with them either cuz they'll wind up with the upper hand you can't you can't be nice enough to them to make them wanna stop amen cuz they're on a mission <laughs> we need to get on one and be consistent with it so but anyway our next uh, prophet was moses amen so we have moses in uh, Why don't we go to Exodus chapter 17. And I really want to talk to you about Moses and Joshua and their relationship. Because Joshua is the one that received the prophet's reward from Moses' ministry. Amen. So Exodus chapter 17. You saw that Moses was a man who did many miracles at, at the unction of God, at the command of God. He led Israel out through a miracle. It was, it was miracles coming and going. They started in the land of Egypt with the ten plagues and they continued over into the wilderness, uh, where God proved to them that he would take care of them. So Exodus chapter 17, Let's see what that says. Praise God. Okay, so uh, they're thirsty all the time and complaining all the time. So Moses <laughs> becomes their water boy, I guess. he got to produce water for them, food for them, everything. But here we go to the first battle that they uh, um uh, Israel is having against the inhabitants of the land and uh, then came Amalek and fought with Israel at Rephidim and Moses said to Joshua choose out men and go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand so number one Joshua had to trust that Moses was hearing from God. And I would say if you ever doubt that a prophet is sent of God or authentic, ask God. Don't ask a bunch of other people. Or don't judge on what they look like or or what they seem to be saying or or how they articulate things. Just talk to God about it. And look for a confirmation or a witness in their spirit that they are sent of God. When in doubt, you know, just, just... Be polite to people. That's why I always tell people, don't try to rebuke people, you know, and all of this stuff. You know, there's some people you just kind of have to run from because they won't quit pursuing you. They're just determined to find a victim somewhere. But but you know who those people are. You can ask God to keep them away from you. You understand? If they're not right, they don't need to be speaking. Because God is testing us, too, to see if we'll just be nice Christians and and be a dumping ground for people's confusion, or if we're going to stand for God in the things of God, You understand? Sometimes God will give you the grace to tell them. You know, I just don't receive that as coming from God. You understand? Because there's sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a. Eh. You ever had that on the inside of you, and and you can politely tell them. You know, I just don't think that God's told you to tell me that. You know, and, and just let that be that. And if it's, if it is later found to be God, then you talk to God and say, God, you know, I just really felt you were telling me not to receive that. You know, not based on their looks or anything else, but based on that inner witness. You know, sometimes look away or look down and see what God has to tell you without looking directly at that individual. You know, that kind of stuff. So, um, um, it, it says here, but Moses was um, um, Joshua, the Bible says was the next in line. he was Moses minister, and so um, he had to do everything that Moses instructed him to do and and this is where many people fall down on the ministry because if there's a prophet in the in the role of pastor in your life, then you have to Uh, understand that many of the things you're being instructed to do are for your growth and your development. You're not just, you know, being bossed around by somebody. And you're not being, you know, they don't respect you and I got things to do and I can't be running around for her all the time. You you understand what I'm saying? Even though your carnal man might flinch at some stuff and, and might recoil at some things um, you still got to keep it all in perspective because really you don't know if you're the next person to stand in that place Well, oh, my goodness what are people sleeping for i might find me some interested people across the street see that scared everybody it should scare you because it scares you and annoys you, you gotta depend on God. You know, and you gotta do it like God tells you to do it. You can't do it like I do it. But you've got to be willing to let that, that work fall on you. And let that anointing fall on you where God tells you it needs to be done. Amen? And so, and I'm not saying that you'll stand in this office or the office of a prophet, but you'll have some of that anointing in your life because you got some in it now. You understand what I'm saying? You know, some of y'all need to pay attention to more stuff. I'm just being honest, you know, pay attention to what you're interested in since you've been praying here. Pay attention to what you, you pay attention to when you're away from here and how you feel about it. You know do you do you just shrug when you hear about evil going on, or do you have a sense that you can do something about it and that you need to do something about it? Do you understand what i'm saying uh, the The Bible says that the the prophet is God's watchman amen amen it's hosea nine eight and it says he was placed over Ephraim, but the Moffat translation translates it like that the prophet is god's watchman amen why because we're nosy and we got eyes to see everything and ears to hear everything i just put it to you like that amen what you think grandma what big eyes you have amen what big ears you have uh so some people are just (laughs) gifted as such i guess you could put it that way but we got to use what god gives us amen I'm stuck with mine just like you stuck with yours. Amen. So so anyway, here's Moses has Joshua in the first battle. Amen. Joshua cannot refuse. He's got to go out and confront the enemy head on. So he has to put on his sword and go out there and lead a company of troops into battle. So... Here we have, um, it says here, Moses said to Joshua, verse 9, choose out men. So he had to be discerning as to whom he could trust, who would follow his orders, who would obey him, all of that stuff. So, and this wasn't just a overnight, oh no, I got to find all these people to go out and fight. You just start counting them off. And when God says that one ain't ready, you just let him go back home. Amen. All the fearful, they had a standard. All the fearful and faint-hearted get home. Amen. Not needed. So, you know, go and knit with the women or whatever they made them do. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. Just just a thought. So he says, in, so Moses, so he said, tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill. In other words, I am not going to go into battle with you. Amen. But I'm going to stand at the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. So Moses was still in charge of the battle. But it didn't look like it. Many times ministers are just as involved in it as everybody else is. But it doesn't look like it. Amen. If, if I'm here preaching, you think, oh, you know, she gets to sit or stand or whatever and just talk. And, uh, I could do that. Well, that's fine. But, but I'm doing that, but I'm just as involved in this as you are. Amen. So, so whenever God calls us as a company, he doesn't give leaders the lily pad ministry. Just laying up somewhere and let everybody else take all the risk. Amen. Um, there's risk involved in leadership too. Amen. You don't know what the leader has to fight when they leave here. You <laughs> have no clue. <laughs> Hopefully, everything's kind of like at peace <laughs> and not at risk. But but you know the devil steps out and wants to challenge. Challenge me just like he wants to challenge you. You know, even more so sometimes. But, but, you know, that's when the leader has to lean on God even more so. Know that God is his help. Before we can convince you to trust God, we gotta trust God ourselves. Amen? And so whatever it is, we kinda go first <laughs> to make sure it's safe for you to go. Amen? So that's just the way it works. That's, that's the cost of leadership. And so it says, and Joshua did as Moses had said, perfect. He didn't grumble. He didn't. This is how you receive the prophet's reward. You obey their instruction. You obey their command. You do what they instruct you to do. Amen. Whether they say it nice, whether they say it mean, whether they say it rough, whether they say it in a note, huh, with flowers attached, I don't care. But you've got to follow the instruction if you're going to get the reward. Now that's a mandatory. See, that's, that's something everybody ought to understand and ought to know is required. You've got to obey their instruction. So it says Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. But Moses, Aaron, and her went up to the top of the hill. So Moses takes a uh her who is a a another leader, but he wasn't the one God chose to take Moses' place. Amen. And and when you're serving, you don't pay attention to that. Except of course for Jesus' disciples. They're the you know, they're like the exception out of the whole Bible. They were always Wonder who's gonna be first, who's gonna be, who was sit the right end and who'll sit the left and squabbling about everything. But, but pretty much you stuck with what you were assigned to do if you were a good, good follower and in, 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 in line for the prophet's reward. So Aaron, <clears throat> being a priest, couldn't do it. He was in charge of the priesthood. Her was another assistant of Moses. Amen. But he was not chosen. It, said, it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. When he let it down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took, and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and her held his hands up. The one on one side, the one on the other. And his hands were steady. Till the going down of the sun. Now why couldn't they just. Let Moses have the day off. And they put their hands up. Ah, see there are a lot of people. That think the kingdom runs like that. How. Huh? They think that they can easily. Take the man or woman of God's place. See what I'm saying. And so. People who are careful and understand God don't want to upset too many things in order to help the process or help the leader. So they'll go along with what the leader says, even though it may seem stupid to you to do it that way. Like your mind to be telling well, why she's saying I could be doing it this way and I could do it, should be done this way. <laughs> huh? God is testing you to see number one, will you submit? And number two, will you trust him? You're not just trusting that person, you're trusting God. That God is in this, and in due season it will be revealed to you. The things that you question. It's not unusual to question things. Some of these things you haven't even heard before. You know, some of them the prophet hasn't heard before. We're just doing, trying to do what God tells us to do and be obedient ourselves. There's no reason why Moses' hands being up should affect how people fight. But Moses... In initially, Moses has a problem delegating. Remember, he thought he had to hear all the cases of Israel to judge and all that kind of stuff. And his father-in-law had to put a bug in his ear. And this man was a, a pagan. He wasn't an Israelite. But he gave him some sound advice and told him, choose out some leaders. Amen. and And let those people. Do the easy stuff and you do the hard stuff. Moses is still doing the hard stuff. Because as long as his hands are up. Israel prevails. So somebody's got it easy. Because the prophet has it hard. You got it. So we're not just bossing you around. Making your life miserable. You know, people have a lot of junk in them that that needs to be removed. You know, really, so we can be useful to God. And that doesn't mean I'm junk free on the inside. But my junk ain't your business. Huh? And yours, I don't want to know about yours. Sometimes I have to know because God will tell me to help you. But I don't go around talking about your junk to people. Huh? I'm too busy trying to eliminate myself of my things. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Joshua then becomes Moses' servant, his son, his student, his disciple, and in this case, his armor bearer. Amen. In in other words, he fights the battles of Moses and Israel while Moses is spared the direct combat for, for God's reasons. And, and you can, can see why, why leaders can delegate some of the things that can be delegated, they will. There's some things that cannot be delegated, not too easily. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so they want to Sometimes leaders will hold on to control of certain things because they just don't have the, um, clearance from God to let go of them. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things, and they may look odd to people. May just look like odd things for, for somebody to do, somebody in leadership to do, you know? I've had so many people, when I cook at the conference, everybody's coming in the kitchen peeking to see what I'm doing. I said, hello? That door means stay out. That door's closed for a reason. Don't come in here. Don't distract me. Don't upset my biscuits. Oh, yeah. huh? <laughs> shut up, Alicia. <laughs> no, I so with you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And <laughs> she was, all you can't get you just giggling back there and having a good time about that one. <laughs> But I guess I am a little beside myself with the biscuits, am I not? (laughs) But you know what I mean. It's like you just can't let go of them and have a peaceful. I wouldn't be peaceful myself, you know, not doing my part, even though my part gets smaller and smaller over time. See, but there's still some things you just want to oversee. Some things you want to, you know, and and uh, Mr. Howard is a much better overseer than I am of the whole operation. But I'm not just going to let go of my end and let him, and I'm not going to let go of them biscuits. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, some things you just really know you have to do, and then that that becomes my offering, you know, to the people. Amen. And, and, you know, I won't have to throw meal and everything to keep death out the pot. I mean, you could laugh at that one, folks. Gee, y'all too serious about this stuff. Everybody all wound up and tight, you know. You know, this, I just, I picked that up to say to keep people off me. You understand what I'm saying? Some things you do just, you know, because, you know, there are ministers that have enough nerve to follow me around and tell me, now, you can't do that. And I sit down. I say, are you going to do it? Do you run this? Huh? You know, you want to just tell them to go, you know, get out of here. Get in my face. You know, because you're in the middle of doing something. You want to stay focused on where you're at with it so you don't mess it up amen and so i'll just announce to people well prophets cook so there won't be no death in the pot huh it's a joke it's not meant to be taken seriously ain't nobody trying to poison y'all Huh? but people need to laugh about some things and they need to leave people alone and assume you know what god's told you is okay for you to do amen You know, and just don't get so busy and stuff. You know, that's just a religious spirit. You know, intimidate me and make me feel ashamed of serving in the natural. You got me? So I let go of my end and have to watch things fall apart. Some devils like that. In fact, all devils like that. And, you know, people don't realize that the devil's using them. They think they're they're doing me a big favor by interrupting what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll say, baby, I got shoes three times. No, I won't say three times. i just say twice. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You know, you got to say something to pull people off of you because they'll get you off. Because I know the devil when I smell him. Mile away. And they may seem to be smiling and and approach you like they're doing you a favor. But stay out my business. Amen? And I'll stay out yours. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Sometimes I put on the dog like I wipe flour all over myself. That, that really ticks off the devil. When you look dusty and grungy and... <laughs> You're supposed to be a prophetess. What does that mean? Huh? <laughs> uh, all you on Facebook laugh. If you did that, I'm sorry for you, but anyway, that's the way I feel about it, so. Can we cue up the, uh, Bobby Womack? That's the way I feel about you. Oh, don't worry about it, just. <laughs> they just ain't queuing me up like I want them to. See, the music could help soften some of the blows here. <laughs> Alicia tried to find it. She won't. she want her some bobby womack. Just so I won't sing no more. Shame on you, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> but Joshua assisted Moses in many ways. Amen. Joshua 24 and verse 13. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up to the mount of God. Joshua accompanied moses on the mountain now many times we don't pay attention to that because we always think about moses going up by himself when he got the tablets and and all of that kind of stuff joshua went up into the mount of god and he said unto the elders wait here for us until we come again to you and behold aaron and her are with you if any of you have matters to do let him come to them so moses takes joshua up with him and leaves aaron and her so aaron and her are are more there to serve the people but joshua is there to serve moses as moses serves god amen and so in in a prophet's life god will always raise up people who can serve close to them amen and not be not go crazy it's a result of it, I guess you could say. Amen. They just, just are selected to have that kind of endurance where they can serve close to the prophet because not everybody is called to and not everybody can. You know, some people are, are not understanding. They don't understand and, and don't take the time to pray about things to get understanding. And so God has to select people to be close to them. You understand what I'm saying? People, did, did, and I'm talking about spiritually close. So I'm not talking about, uh, you know, living with them or anything like that, even though it may fall out that way. You know, um, but everybody is free to receive of the prophet, no matter distance, close, whatever. But some are kind of specially being selected to, to stand in a certain place. In God's kingdom because of their association with the prophet. And you'll see that later on as the prophet's ministry develops more and it gets revealed to us in the word that there were, they, they, they began to have schools of the prophets. Like that's what this is. We didn't used to advertise it and we still don't much because people think when, when they hear that, they want to just come in and have prophecy parties and, you know, and talk to each other and say, thus saith the Lord and, and think it's God. You know, they think the limitations of the ministry is prophesying and that just scratches the surface. You understand what I'm saying? Uh If, if you don't know how to pray as a prophet, you don't have a ministry. It's your first ministry. Amen. It's prayer and watching prayer that means god's holding you accountable for your prayers you, you know you understand what i'm saying the more of the prophet's mantle and and anointing you take on the more responsible you feel for the prayer see it works both ways so so that responsibility to be here every time we have prayer will fall on you as you pick up that that anointing that anointing is what draws you over and over and over again see what i'm saying you're drawn because you say i gotta get the prayer yeah i gotta pray my prayers i gotta get my prayer partner that's that's the anointing speaking to you that's how it speaks to the person that that walks in it Amen. It's the I gotta do it. Everybody yes. wants love. Oh no! Don't put him on there. Get him off of there. Of get him off of there. You know I'm a true believer of that. Cut, 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 if cut, cut. If you get anything out cut. of life, look at Chuck came out. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Girl, y'all be drinking my liquor and talking to me. Y'all ain't gonna get no. Y'all ain't gonna get me at that this time. Right. And you didn't even know how to find the hook, Alicia. All right, little Howard would find the hook for me, see. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, Baba knows you on the job. <laughs> but my little armor bearer was looking for it, wasn't she? she just looking for it. All right, all right. I bless you, my daughter. Praise God. <laughs> That scared Alicia, didn't it? (laughs) See? Yeah. Yeah, you might as well let me hit them little couple bars myself, Alicia, and we move on. Amen. So here we have Joshua. He assists Moses in many things. And that's how you know that somebody is gonna stand in that person's place when they're gone. Amen. That they, they don't mind taking on more. They will do the more. They don't, it doesn't bug them to do the more. And so, or it might be that they will assist the person who takes the place. Because the work of the ministry has to continue, folks. You understand what I'm saying? It just has to continue. And so here Joshua was Moses' minister. It says that in Joshua 1-1. Amen so let me see if we finished all of that oh hold on on one minute exodus 33 we'll go there first and then we'll go to joshua 1 1 just showing you a few of the duties that joshua had amen uh joshua 33 Okay, it says here, thirty-three, verse seven. Um, yeah, now Moses has instructed the children of Israel to strip themselves of all of their jewelry, their ornaments. It says here, and and consecrate themselves. You know, no dangling jewelry, no distractions. All of that were distractions from the presence of the Lord. And he tells them that he he says, "And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it outside of the camp afar uh, from the camp, because the people were just in the flesh and in pride, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation, and it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was outside of the camp. so you see here God separating out a holy place for him to meet the people." That he wanted to meet. Amen. It came to pass when Moses went out of the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. That was the presence of God. And the Lord talked with Moses. So Moses was in the tabernacle. Kind of with a a separation. And God talked to him outside the the tabernacle. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped. Every man at his tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. And he turned again to the camp. But his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. So it never even mentions that Joshua was there until it mentions Moses leaving. So this lingering behind in the presence of God is symbolic of God preparing and selecting Joshua to stand next in line. See, And so Joshua is there but he's kind of like the unseen person see a lot of times our preparation for the things of God are unseen until God announces them to us amen and until he announces to us that he has chosen us to take that person's place amen but he's already put it kept us in places where we're well prepared from it and see a lot of times you need to to be In the preparation place and not know that's what's happening. Come on, y'all. Cause there's too many people running around begging for folks mantles and begging for this and begging for that and don't have a clue how to get things from God and how to, you know, what their, what that person's lifestyle is like. You understand what I'm saying? You, you know, it's like, I, since my husband died, I'm not a, a go-out person. You know, I don't go to lunch with anybody. I don't have a bunch of ministers I run with. You know, I don't go out with people in the ministry. Amen? I stay to myself. I stay out of trouble that way. You know, I don't know why that is. It's just, it's a lifestyle. I guess I can put it to you that way. And and see, many times people see that and say, "Well, I don't know what she got against going out to dinner. I don't have nothing against it. I'm just not at liberty to go all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Or I could, but I'd rather spend the time doing what I do. I ain't gonna say with God. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just there. But you know, sometimes it's good not to be out with people running your mouth." You know, cause what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna have have something to talk about. You understand what I'm saying? Now with my family, it's different. You understand? But, and, but I don't run with them. You know? I, I remember the, 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 uh, nieces and nephews went to Las Vegas a few years ago. Baba, you coming? I said, honey, Baba, get to Las Vegas and she ain't gonna know y'all. Because I'm going to call my broker and get some money transferred and a deposit in the high roller suite. I'm going to put my shades on and go down to the craps table and y'all better not say nothing to me. You see me and you keep going. Because Baba on a roll. Amen. So I don't go to Las Vegas. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I don't go to temptation island and backslide real quick amen you just stay away from some stuff i just don't you don't bother myself that way no desire no inclination amen i am set free and don't entangle myself with the yoke of bondage anymore amen it's just the way i live so i mean and i don't say you have to live like that i'm sure there's prophets that go to dinner and you know especially if they free I'm messing with y'all, okay? We just laugh about that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, I'm done. All right, praise God. Father, I thank you for what you've done for us today. Thank you for free dinners for all prophets. (laughs) That's not how you get the reward, but if God tells you to bless somebody and bless them, don't worry about the rest of it. But anyway, but we're going to do our, our declaration. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.